Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم ஸ்வராத்தீன ابھی دو روز تک رمضان مبارک کا مہینہ شروع ہونے والا ہے حضور سیز آفٹر ٹو ڈیز دی منتھ آف رمضان ول اسٹارٹ ایز ہز ہولینس Muhammad Mustafa may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him declared Medina like a furnace in which when rusty iron is placed its rust and its contaminants are burnt and reduced to ashes and the iron comes out clean and purified in the same way with respect to time a duration of time can also be regarded as a furnace the word ramadan also includes the meanings of heat excited state of the flames and to burn out so in this sense the month of ramadan will help to burn our sins our stains and our past negligences is if we were to give ourselves over to this month to give ourselves over to this month includes the sense that we should put our varying aspects before this month as when a man roasts something on fire he continues to change its sides otherwise the side which is away from the fire remains uncooked Therefore in the holy month of Ramadan also he should search out his ills and present them before Ramadan 
from varying aspects. If you reflect from this point of view, you will find that continuously changing from side to side, supplicating to God from various aspects and examining his weaknesses from various angles, man will pass through this month with ever new conditions, which means that it is not possible that one should enter the holy month of Ramadan in one condition, come out of the month in the same condition. But each day a new subject will continue to manifest on you. Each day new blessings of the holy month of Ramadan will manifest on you. And if with the grace of Allah you will pass through this month with this quest and with hard work, then you will come out of this month as a new person. May Allah enable us to achieve. Once we have passed through it, then a time of return also begins. And in this Ramadan we should also pray that the stage from which we have set out when entering the next holy month of Ramadan, we should not have reverted back to the same stage again. Rather, there is a danger that we may have fallen lower than the previous stage. It often happens that a man approaches Ramadan with pious intentions and enters it with the aims of much effort and hard work. And he is then enabled to translate these aims into action. And he gains much from Ramadan and comes out of this month discarding many ills. But when he comes out, the same period of negligence starts once again. The same laziness sets in, as a result of which filth begins to gather in all places. In such a situation, sometimes there is a danger that at the time of next Ramadan, a man may find himself in a worse condition than the condition in which he had entered the previous Ramadan. So you must keep these two ends of the Ramadan always in view. The side through which we enter, we enter it burdened by ills. Many stains are on our face. Many impurities foul our body. And we enter Ramadan with the pious intentions of purifying ourselves. We come out after washing ourselves of all impurities. Then suddenly we feel that the time of struggle has ended. Right from the time of Eid, we are deceived that this Eid is not for piety, an Eid of returning back to our ills. Man does not do this consciously, but subconsciously this is what happens to a large majority of the people in the world. And they cannot even find why we are happy. Could this happiness be an evil wrapped in the covering of good? So whatever things I am putting before you clearly, when you will reflect what its meaning, then you will become more vigilant.
The second aspect is that a man who finds himself every year in a worse condition or in the same condition as before, he is not out of jail. About the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When Allah said, Chapter 93, verse 5, that your coming hour is better than your passing hour. This is a vast subject, and I have mentioned it repeatedly, but it is an unending subject. It applies to every good situation. So you must examine yourself with this glance that whether or not our coming Ramadan is better than the previous Ramadan and whether or not it found us in a better condition and did it leave us in a better condition or not. These are three points of view with which you must reflect on your situation and should understand your link with Ramadan. In this Ramadan, it is necessary to pray especially for the world of Islam. I have put many matters clearly before you in my previous sermons. There are many such dangers that I can see, but there was no time to go into their detail. There were some dangers which I could not even mention but I have hinted at them to some extent. So I have now ended this subject. I don't want to touch it again. But briefly, I must tell you that in the next few months, some such dreadful decisions can be taken, as a result of which the whole century will be afflicted with much grief. And man will face an extremely painful period. There can also be such decisions as a result of which man may be enabled to defend this heavy onslaught of the Satan, especially the Muslims, because if the Muslims succeeded in their defense, then the whole of mankind will be protected in the shelter of the Muslim defense. And the greatest responsibility of the defense of the Muslims falls on the Ahmadis. What I am saying is based on a saying of His Holiness, Muhammad Mustafa, the Messenger of May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, from which we learn that in the latter days, when the afflictions will reach to their limit, it will be only the prayers of promised Messiah which will protect the Muslims from the onslaught of their enemies. Therefore, from this angle, this Ramadan has come at the right time, when the calamities have come openly before us, and they have hidden aims which are worse than the obvious ones. But we have guessed that following the present calamity, there are going to be other calamities also, and at such a time we are entering the holy month of Ramadan and we will be granted a special opportunity of prayer. Therefore, you should make this Ramadan a special Ramadan of the defense of mankind, a Ramadan of the defense of the Muslims, a Ramadan of the defense of humanity, and a Ramadan of the defense of Islam.
you should pray that o our lord despite all of our effort we cannot fight such great powers which you yourself have created and the news of which you had given to us 1400 years ago through the most truthful muhammad the messenger of allah may peace and blessings of allah be upon him we are weak we are unarmed we are helpless but the powers which confront us you have given them such worldly superiority that we are utterly helpless before them so we bow to you and turn to you alone we supplicate to you in deep humility that please fulfill the other aspect of those prophecies also that is with the blessings of the prayers of promised messiah and his followers these great powers of the world through such treasures of the world compared to which we do not have a penny are buying the faith of the world it is you alone who can so please save the people from of this wealth through such great weapons which are piled high like great mountains and which possess such power of destruction that if only the atomic weapons are used that is those stores of the atomic weapons which are in america and in the soviet union the scientists tell us that the whole world can be destroyed 20 times over these weapons have such great power of destruction that it will kill not just the people that live in the world but the very sign of life can disappear from this world so we should pray that o oh god you have given such great wealth to these ill omened nations that compared to it the combined wealth of the entire world of islam has no relevance and the ahmadis are so poor a jamaat you have given them such weapons that using a part of one weapon they have the capacity to destroy great nations of the world from the surface of the earth and you have charged us to fight them we who possess nothing but at the same time you have given us the glad tiding that i will hear your prayers and with the blessing of those prayers i will eventually break these great nations into pieces as salt can melt ice the holy prophet and blessings of allah be upon him has painted this picture that like ice all the powers of the dajjal which are enemies of humanity and of truth will melt and vanish as though they never existed so you have the power of prayer you should recognize this greatness and this greatness is in humility you must never forget this fact this is the fundamental difference between the powers of the world the religious powers the worldly powers are based on arrogance and the religious powers are based on humility therefore the prayer will gain as much height as you will feel helpless as a result of your helplessness your prayers will be given power 
So understanding this subject fully, you should benefit from this Ramadan to your capacity. And with humility and modesty, with a feeling of helpless, you should prostrate before Allah and pray that, O our Lord, please destroy the harmful aims of these great powers and save only what is good in them. We are not permitted to hate any people as a nation, nor has the hatred been put in our nature. Therefore, neither can we pray like the ignorant people against the Western nations, nor can we harbor any feeling of hatred. You should especially direct your prayers against evil. With the national or racial feelings, you must never pray against a nation. You should pray that, O our Lord, whichever are your humble servants in the East, some evil is connected with them also. So please destroy their evil also. And whichever are the great powers of the West, destroy their evil also, because the mischief of the powerful is always more dangerous. It is more dangerous because the mischief of the powerful has the capacity to become more widespread, the mischief of the power, the capacity to destroy the good in the world. Therefore, we do not say that the third world countries have no evils. We do not say that the East is more respectable and the West is disgraceful. We say that at present, whatever power the West has to spread evil, such power has never been given to any nation in the history of the world. And this has been stated by Hazrat Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, may be blessings of Allah be upon him, that when the Jal Antichrist will appear in the later days, it will spread such evil in the world, it will have such power to spread evil in the world, that ever since the world has been created, all the prophets of Allah have been warned of the evil of the Jal. They were told that a great power will rise in the world in the latter days to spread evil. Therefore, not because of racial feelings or based on any national divisions, but keeping especially the subject of these prophecies in view, you should say prayers to hit the right target. Otherwise, if you will not do this, then it is quite possible that the mischief of your intentions has entered your prayers and feelings of national prejudices have entered your prayers. The evil of national superiority may have entered your prayers. And there are kinds of evil which secretly enter one's prayer and poison one's intentions. Then those prayers are no longer accepted. The need to explain this matter in such detail arose because the prayers are not heard just with weeping and wailing. For acceptance, the prayers need a special purity and good health. You need to follow the same method which the Holy may peace and blessings of Allah used in his prayers. You should protect yourself from your own mischief and you should protect yourself from all other evils also. And you should pray exclusively for the sake of Allah and not because of the feelings of hatred of nations.
then I have firm faith that our prayers will certainly be accepted and this important historical times which we have will inshallah eventually weigh in favor of Islam. The decree of the triumph of Islam is bound to happen in any case. It is unchangeable and indestructible divine decree. But our prayer and effort should always be that we should be able to see this decree fulfill before our eyes. After this, I will turn once again to the same subject which I was discussing to develop pleasure in worship through the chapter Al-Fatiha. To tour the attributes of Allah through the chapter Al-Fatiha and to develop personal relationship with Allah. This is an unending subject, but I will devote one or two more sermons to this subject so that everyone should benefit from it to his taste and offer healthier prayers than previously and should offer more enjoyable prayers and should avail of his prayer the most. I had said that the attributes which have been mentioned with Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen are four fundamental attributes and they stand as mother to all other attributes of Allah. And each attribute has sprouted in some way or another from the same four attributes or it has a special link with them. Reflecting on this subject, once I implored divine help through prayer that Allah may clarify this subject for me so that I may be able to explain such a point of wisdom path through which everyone should be able to benefit easily. Otherwise, reflecting separately on the Rab attribute, Rahman attribute, Rahim attribute and Malik attribute, it is a difficult and deep subject to link them to the other attributes of Allah, to which everyone has not the access, everyone cannot benefit. Allah explained this point to me, I want to put before you. All the attributes of Allah are linked not just with the Rab attribute, not just with the Rahman attribute, not just with the Rahim attribute, but is linked with the first statement of the chapter Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. They are linked not with the Rab attribute, but with and this is connected to Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim and Malik with the same link of Hamd. So as I reflected over this, I was amazed that in the subject of just all those attributes are expressed which are known to us and all those attributes also included in it which are not known to us but are known to those who are more learned than us or which are not known to the present time but will be known to the future time. I'll explain this subject a little further so that through reflection you can benefit further from this subject. 
Rab has many meanings. If we keep the following meanings in view, that he is the creator, the sir, the developer, who looks after everything with love and fulfills one's daily needs and removes one's weaknesses and protects from the evil of others and he guards everything. Then we will find that there are many people and many animals who can be called rub in their own circles. There are mothers who are rub for their own children, whether they are human mothers or mothers in the animal world. Whether they are the mothers connected with the lower life or with higher life. In all of them we find the subject of rub attribute. But because of this we cannot say that they possess all other attributes also. So just because of rub attribute the subject of encompassing all other attributes does not arise. If one asserts without basis that rub means mother of all qualities, that is, it has a relation of love with all qualities, then it will not be correct. But when you say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, that he is such a rub of all the worlds in whose rub attribute is included all praise, and beside hamd there is nothing, that is, manifestations of its rub attribute have been demonstrated on each manifestation one can say that this manifestation of rub includes all divine attributes and includes hamd praise therefore it is such a rub attribute which has no fault and because of its praiseworthiness it demands other qualities there are untold examples of this but here I will cite just one example. Consider a television set by means of which you can see pictures coming from various countries of the world and can see pictures being shown in any one country. It depends how powerful a set it is and of what type it is. You can see good pictures as well as bad ones, noisy pictures as well as less noisy ones and you can see different colors and then whenever you want you can switch that television to any country and see one place with the remote control you can switch it to do whatever you want it is a television set and you know its general qualities but very few people reflect on this that to make a television set what knowledge you need and what different branches of knowledge you need and in what field of science and technology you need what level of skill and for each of its component parts what great treasures of knowledge you require that is with the passage of time the knowledge of man continues to advance but knowledge of just one period is not enough after progress you need to know all its history and it is the sum total of that knowledge which excels all previous stages. So if a silicon chip has been used in a television in which various messages have been stored so that the television works better, then to create a silicon chip whatever is necessary 
and whatever knowledge is necessary, it is a sum total of the knowledge of centuries. And from the point of view of science and technology, whatever expertise you need, it is also the name of the sum total of a long period. Then it is not in the power of one man at one time. It needs the united effort of many people at one time. Therefore, it is not one man who has made vision, but a group of people who have made the television. And behind them, you will see many other groups of people, rows after rows. And the final essence of the sum total of their knowledge and skill, you see in the form of that television, about which you can say that among the televisions that exist in the world today, this one is the best television. The better a television set it is, the more knowledgeable people you will need to manufacture it, the more skilled people you will need, the more you will need to have control over other means, the more capital you will require. In short, connected with one television, you will see a crowd of people. Rather, there are millions of people who on various times have taken some part in its manufacture even though they have passed away. And so many branches of knowledge are needed for it, that an ordinary man cannot prepare a list of them. Rather, if a list of those branches of knowledge is read to him, he cannot grasp what is being mentioned. Now the condition is that the television should be a perfect television. Looking at it, the subject of praise should rise in the mind of man. So the more you can say about that television, that how excellent is this television. It deserves all praise. The more the subject of praise will apply to its maker or to all those people who have taken part in making it. But the praise which has been collected in a television set, it cannot apply to any one person. As I've said, that the people spread over various times who worked in various fields of knowledge there are untold numbers who have taken part in its manufacture. And even now, the factory in which it was manufactured, all the needs of that television were not met in that one factory, but its parts were obtained from various factories in the world. And some technology was borrowed. Some other help was sought. So the history did collect television set, but with regard to those who made it, it was scattered and was shared by numerous people at various times. About God, when we say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, then the quality of each article of his creation demands many branches of knowledge, demands many attributes. And regarding Allah's creation, we can truly say, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen that truly worthy of praise is that existence who has made all these things. So it is not a praise of just that time, but is a praise of all times, which are being hinted by the word and the praise of all qualities which are found in each particle of that universe, which is being hinted by the word al-alameen. After collecting together, it does not disperse, 
concept collects in one existence, that existence is Allah. Thus, if you keep just one thing in view, then in various stages of its creation, whatever various branches of knowledge is required, whatever kinds of qualities are needed, without those qualities that thing cannot be created. And if anything on which you put your glance and put a deep glance appears praiseworthy, then each quality of its term will become praiseworthy because that existence is the final representation of all those qualities. That is, he is the scene which is presented in the reflection of all his attributes which you see. So when we say about God, then in each scene in the world, instead of one attribute of Allah, you will see scores and hundreds of scenes. Rather, more your knowledge will increase, the more qualities you will see. And the source of each quality will appear to be Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. When I reflected on this subject, my mind was so astonished that I, it looked that I was drowned in the ocean of astonishment. If you dive into any particle of the universe, you will first see one God. Then you will see various manifestations of the same one God. And his attributes will continue to multiply. But their center will remain the same one existence. Dispersion is of his qualities and not of these. And all those attributes are linked to that existence. And the key to understand this subject is in Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen That is, each and every quality belongs to and befits that existence who has created all the worlds and has nourished and protected all the worlds. Therefore, each particle of Al-Alameen is pointing towards God. And despite pointing to one and only existence, it is pointing to all his attributes. This is the aspect according to which the statement of Allah, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, truly, without hesitation, without any formality, is pointing its fingers to all the attributes of God. But in this regard, it is also necessary. It is that the way the subject of praise has been explained in the Holy Quran, you should study it and reflect over it and see that wherever the Holy Quran has used the word hamd, praise, in each of those places, windows have been opened to understand God. And each window is showing a separate manifestation of divine existence and continuously opens this subject. So instead of trying to understand this subject through the salient points of your own personal taste, you should have a glimpse of Allah's attributes from the windows which the Holy Quran has opened and the observation holes it has put before us. Then you will not make any mistakes. I had said that Allah is not cruel. Despite that, we find the subject of punishment.
it talks of Rabbul Alameen, Rahman, Rahim, Malik but it does not talk of a wrath of God. Despite that, before the chapter Al-Fatiha ends, we see the subject of Maghdoob-e-Alahim that is, those who incurred Allah's displeasure. Then, what is their link? All these things have a link with Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen and you will be able to understand this subject with the help of the Holy Quran. So when you study the Holy Quran, especially where there is the subject of Tasbih and Hamd, glory and praise, you should pause and reflect. Then you should search what else you can see through that window. There you will begin to see many other attributes of Allah. I have selected one or two examples of this to explain the subject. In the Holy Quran, Allah says, Chapter 6, verse 46. Nations who did atrocities, they were uprooted and thrown away. All praise befits God. All praise belongs to Him. It is His right that He should be praised. If the roots of the tyrant are not cut off, then the roots of all manifestations of all beautiful attributes will be cut off, and the beauty of the world will end. So by adding, Alhamdulillah, it has explained that when we say that all praise befits God, all praise is the right of God and is His manifestation. It means He also protects His creation. And the things which have a capacity to destroy some qualities, the things which can kill beauty, which have a power to spread evil, to end those things is also the work of Rabbul Alameen. It befits him and his responsibility that he should do this. Therefore, the attributes of Allah, whether they are the attributes of wrath or of displeasure, and outwardly also they may be the attributes of mercy and compassion. In essence, they are the attributes of mercy and compassion and are the attributes of Rabb. There is another example for this. That the thunder of lightning is praising him. That is, the thunder and lightning which you see in the clouds, they are praising Allah. And the angels are also praising him, but because of his fear. Now, if you see the lightning, then a man who has no knowledge of the world, he also feels overwhelmed by it. It is such a great manifestation of Allah, the rage of the greatest man leaves him, and his heart trembles. If a man is caught by such a storm, which have different names in scientific terminology, it is not necessary to go into its detail here. 
some storms are so frightening which are based on the power of lightning that in moments they can burn out great cities they have far greater powers than the power of an atomic bomb therefore it is linked to fear also so when you see the storms in a cursory glance especially the thunders of lightning your heart is filled with fear and you praise allah because of fear this subject we can understand that the lightning should leave behind its benefit and we should be protected from its harm so the pious people of allah who have a relationship with allah they have been referred to here by the name angels they have been mentioned as angels when they see lightning they praise to oh allah all power belongs to you you can take out evil from good and bring out good from evil apparently the clouds have brought the water of mercy but thunder and lightning accompany them but you can create good from this cracks of lightning so we sing your praises with the humility and feeling of helplessness we can see your magnificence in everything here the subject of magnificence has been linked with fear that is it is not just the fear of lightning when we reflect over the fear of lightning we learned that much magnificence hides in it there are many good qualities which hide in it this subject becomes apparent after reflection that when we say that there is praise through and through in each and every creation of allah then first man developed fear with the lightning and he was frightened and started trembling but when he reflected further he found that allah does not just do to frighten us he does not create things just for destruction if something appears that way then there is certainly something good that hides in it and its good certainly prevails over its apparent harm even if one does not understand the subject in detail but if he understands the subject of then even after seeing the cracks of lightning after fear his heart will have the subject of praise and overall he will admit this fact that every manifestation has beauty even if outwardly then even after seeing the cracks of lightning after fear his heart will develop the subject of praise and overall he will admit this fact that every manifestation has beauty even if outwardly that manifestation is creating extremely frightening scene and it may appear a manifestation of putting fear in the heart and creates an overwhelming feeling still there is praise in it now if you reflect further those whom allah has granted knowledge if they reflect on the subject of lightning their praise will deserve comparatively more appreciation praise to god in all situations there is no doubt about that but how far do we know that he is worthy of praise this subject gives more extensiveness to his praise so a simple farmer 
or a child who sees the lightning can to some extent sing the praises of Allah by being overawed by it. He can sing with the sense that, O oh Allah, you are the master of this lightning. Please protect me from, and this is my praise. But the more one's knowledge will advance, the more the subject connected with the praise will continue to widen. Now, as the scientists have pondered over the lightning, one thing is certain which is not known to ordinary people, that without the lightning, water cannot rain. So the praise of a simple and uneducated man, as it is expressed to his capacity with feelings of praise, will be accepted by God. But praise cannot develop that enjoyment which is in the praise of a man who has knowledge if he has a relationship with God. The water which becomes vapors and rises into the atmosphere, if there was no lightning, it would never have been turned into water and come to the earth again. It is the cracks of lightning which condense the vapors of water and make it heavier and then the water comes down as rain. It is the same thing when people when hit by the lightning. They die because the substances in their blood join together with the electric current and form clots. That is why the color of man who has been hit by the lightning turns black, because the blood clots and blackens. So to condense water vapors you need lightning, and the small vapors which always hang in the air it is the cracks of lightning which condense and become heavier and start falling to the ground. So this is the praise of Arad, the thunder of lightning. The angels did praise in their own way, but they could not reach to the depth of the subject. Rad knows what I am. It says, Each crack of lightning is praising its Lord because it knows that like the angels, it is also charged to do good, as of it many benefits are reaching mankind. Then if you reflect further on the same subject, you will be amazed to find that the fertility of the earth is linked to lightning. So a simple man, a man who lacks knowledge, does praise, but his praising includes more the element of fear, there is more awe of lightning, and he does not know the reality. But lightning knows its reality in the sense that whatever system of lightning is in, as man knows himself, similarly the work of nature knows itself. This is what is meant. It includes one more thing, that whatever nitrogen is present in the air, it is highly essential for the growth of vegetation and whatever different chemical fertilizers are used in the farms to increase fertility, whether they are artificial fertilizers or other organic fertilizers, its biggest constituent is nitrogen. Now whatever nitrogen goes into the air which is exhaled by us or which is produced by the plants, to bring it back to the earth the flashes of lightning are essential. So the water which comes down as rain 
that lightning is not only working to make those raindrops, but it also works to dissolve nitrogen into it. So this system also is operating in the atmosphere that what use the water will be if it has no nourishment with it. That is why you must have noticed that even if we water the crops with tenfold water from the wells, it cannot beat with what one shower of rain can produce in the way of freshness and growth. That is, the water of the wells does benefit, and there is no doubt about that. Water of some wells is fertile, but if through rain the nitrogen was not given to the earth again, then the earth by now would have become desolate. So much nitrogen is formed because cracks of lightning. Some scientists believe that whatever nitrogen is manufactured in the chemical plants in the world, far more nitrogen than that is produced in one day by the cracks of lightning, and then it is dissolved in raindrops, and thus it reaches the earth. Now you see that how another amazing subject has entered into. An ordinary man that lightning is there to burn or to kill. But as we reflected, we learned that it is not for burning and killing, but is for fertility, for vegetation and growth. Its destruction also has a meaning, and that also is for benefit. But it is a subject of ecosystem, which it is not possible for me to discuss in detail here. What is interesting is that the part which burns is for great benefits. It is a subject of supporting life, which comes in operation after the creation of life. So you see that in what great things Allah has shown us and its one link is with the origin of life. All the scientists who have reflected over the birth of life and there are thousands of scientists in the world who devote a night for this. They have been trying to solve this puzzle and are still trying that how the life had started. In any case, they agree on this, that if lightning did not fall on the water in the oceans extensively, then the material for life would never have developed from which life originated. The bricks could never have been formed with which the structure of life was to be constructed. Therefore, the subject of is not connected with the present time or with the future times, but is connected with the start of universe, that is, when the life had not yet come into existence, as though lightning was laughing at us, that, oh, the fools, you will think that I am a thing to burn and to kill, but it is because of me that the life had started. Allah has used me to create you and to create all forms of life in the universe. So you see the great glory of Allah, that if you reflect a little on a part of a verse, then how many attributes of Allah you will see. At times man wonders that how is it possible that in the chapter Al-Fatiha 
99 attributes of Allah have but in the fields of knowledge which have been referred to it is in fact pointing to the divine attributes without which the subject of does not develop just those attributes are more than 99 rather if you reflect they will appear more than 99000 so this is the chapter al-fatiha if you try to reflect and understand it deeply and apply its subject on your heart and try to dive into it and making it a boat ride it and tour the existence of allah then this is a vessel which will continue to sail forever and ever in an endless ocean and you will never see any end so if allah has granted the people such a great blessing of chapter al-fatiha they can never say that oh allah you made worship obligatory on us at least five times a day but did not tell us how we should fill this worship with pleasure chapter al-fatiha has explained everything this was only a brief and very limited discussion today but there are numerous secrets which are buried in chapter al-fatiha like treasures if you continue to discover them and continue to reflect over then allah will continue to manifest them on you we cannot find them with our own reflection but the more we will continue to purify our heart the, the more allah will continue to disclose these meanings to you la yamassuhu illa almutahharu you must keep this subject in view that accepting those whom allah purifies no one can touch the meaning of the holy therefore you need no cleverness people's mind are of various kinds some are more able some less able some are more learned some less learned but to understand the subject of the chapter al-fatiha the purification of heart is necessary and heart cannot be purified fully except that allah should purify it so here the holy quran does not say la yamassuhu illa tahirun that only pious can touch the meaning of this book but says la yamassuhu illa almutahharun that only those people can touch the meanings of the holy quran who are purified and the one who purifies is allah himself therefore the more you will reflect on the subject of the chapter al-fatiha and progress ahead then the matter will finally rest on this that iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in that o oh lord we toured much enjoyed a great deal but still much remains to be seen and whatever we saw we still need to benefit from it to make it a part of our life still remains therefore iyyaka na'budu we worship you alone and seek help from you alone then the subject of chapter al-fatiha continues to change not only with change of scenes but with various times also and allah's praise appears to us in various forms it says <laughs> 
تمہارا سب بے حمد ربے کا قبلہ تلوش سمجھے وہ قبلہ غرو گرا دیٹ یو شوڈ سی لاس پریزیز گلوریفائنگ ہم بفور سن رائز اینڈ بفور سن سیٹ دیز آر ٹو چینجنگ کنڈیشنس اول دیز آر کنیکٹیڈ ود رب ایٹریبیوٹ اٹ سیز سب بے حمد ربے کا To whatever extent the scientists have researched this subject, they see as many treasures of deep knowledge behind it. In short, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, and the system to which the rising and the setting of the sun depends, it is necessary for the support of life on this planet. If there was no rising and setting of the sun, then life could never have started on the earth. If it did start, it would have died. and the question of its continuation would not have arisen when it said here tumara sabbe be hamde rabbe ka qabla tulushan se wa qabla ghurubha it has opened windows for us to reflect it says that on the changing of the seasons and reflect over the changing of day and night and reflect over their relative changes and try to find that before the rising of the sun what changes are taking place which help to convey to you the manifestations of rab attribute or through which the rab attribute manifests in this world and what changes are certain before the setting of the sun which forced the sun to set other life could not have survived in this world and the system of rab attribute would have become disarranged therefore the rab attribute is connected with the rising of the sun as well as with the setting of the sun and with the changing of time the rab attribute is manifesting in various forms as i mentioned the scientists have reflected over the system and all the scientists of the world who are connected with this subject are united on this point that the changing of the seasons and the changing of day and night has such deep link with life and with the continuation and progress of life that even if you make a little change in this these links would break and this planet earth on which we live would not remain fit to support life thus in alhamdulillah rabbil alamin all these divine attributes have been mentioned which relate to the changing of the seasons and deep subjects are linked to the changing of the seasons untold attributes are connected with it so according to our knowledge we can come to know of new meanings and the more we will advance our knowledge the more we will tour allah in this world which is a term of the sufis means just this which means that you should tour within the existence of allah the outer tour is a common tour but it has no benefit siru fil ard that is tour the earth has no benefit if man cannot become fit for tour fillah ke lakin a tour within the existence of allah so you should tour the world but learn to enjoy god if after touring the world your enjoyment will be restricted to the world then your whole life will be wasted this is the subject 
which the chapter Al-Fatiha teaches us. And as I said, if in your prayers you start reflecting on this first part, then all prayers of your whole life fill with enjoyment. You cannot overwhelm this subject, but this subject will always overwhelm you. Since it is getting late, I will inshallah discuss the other part of this subject in the next sermon. At the end, I should tell you that with the grace of Allah, various countries are developing interest in hearing the sermon live and are benefiting much from it. I have mentioned it before, but sometimes the list was not put before me, therefore I could not mention it. Those who have done much effort and expense to make arrangements to hear the sermon live, when they hear from me that you are listening to the sermon, they feel much pleased. Then they write to me that we were so pleased when you mentioned our name. It is their right. Therefore, I will mention their names. I will be able to do it all the time. But since the month of Ramadan is approaching, you should remember them in your prayers, who have thus benefited from these modern times, that while the world uses satellite transmissions to see filthy films, that is, uses these skynets for radio and television links, but the Ahmadis are setting a new tradition in the world that to hear pious words and to develop a spiritual link among mankind befitting from these blessings of Allah. The countries which heard the sermon of the 1st and the 8th of March are France, hai, Japan, hai, Norway, hai, Mauritius, hai, Denmark, hai, or UK. There are many cities in United Kingdom who have heard the sermon live and in Germany also there are many cities who heard the sermon live. On the 1st March perhaps Germany was not included, but on the 8th of March the following countries heard the sermon live. France, Mauritius, Denmark, Norway, Japan, Germany and many of the cities of UK. So all of you who are listening to this voice, I convey to you a loving salam on my behalf and on behalf of the whole UK Jamaat. They will remember you in their prayers, and you should all continue to pray for all of us, and should not forget prayers for the world of Islam and for mankind, which I had mentioned at the beginning. Alhamdulillah, inamuduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'khiruhu wa numinu bihi wa natawakkalu alayh wa na'udhu billah shurure anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yadihillahu falabudillahu wa man yudhilhu falabiyalah وَنَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا أَبُوهُ وَرَسُولُهُ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ رَحِمَكُمُ اللَّهُ 